Hi, and welcome to the 35th episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today I was just thinking about an old saying that I have heard so many times, but I've heard it in other languages. I think the first time I heard it, it was in Polish. And the saying in Polish is Ucz się dziecie ucz, nauka to potęgi klucz. And it basically means knowledge is the key to power. So learn, child, learn, because knowledge is the key to power. I find this very interesting because this is really how our society has been built around power and knowledge in that sense. Most of us probably already know a lot of the problems that arise when we focus on power with the corruption and the types of systems we live in. So we're not going to go into that here. But what about knowledge? Is there a problem with knowledge? Is it problematic if we focus on knowledge? Isn't that good? I mean, that means that we know things, then we can do things with our knowledge, we can use it. Could it be problematic? Yeah, so that's something that I've been thinking about lately. Because, in a sense, knowledge is a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum between knowledge and learning. So, knowledge is something that is very bounded and limited because it is defined. I know something. What do you know? I know exactly this. And so to know something is to define something in some sense. And to learn yeah, is to find new definitions, new ideas, new ways of looking at things. So learning is a process that involves growth. It also involves creativity when it's true learning. Whereas knowledge is something that is limited and bounded. Basically, knowledge and really strong, solid belief in the sense of, I believe in this. I believe that this is something that is the best solution or I believe in this particular type of God or I believe in this book as the book of truth. Well, knowledge and this strong belief is basically the end of thought, the end of learning. Because once you have found something, you have it and you are no longer looking for it. And so that is the limit of where you're willing to think. Because as soon as you get to that limit, you know that you already have the solution, so you do not think beyond it. And indeed, we tend to guard our limits. So the limit becomes the place where we start to protect ourselves, where we start to fight, where we start to say, no, no, this is what it is, 
It's not the opposite. It's not the other way. It's not what you're saying. It's what I'm saying. And here's why. And I will fight you. And I will convince you. And people have, of course, been willing to die for knowledge and beliefs. It is also something uh, that I heard someone talk about. They were talking about philosophers that are end of history thinkers. I really liked that expression because this very well describes what a person who focuses on knowledge and beliefs becomes and a type of end of history thinker. That means that history ends the moment you know the solution of something because that will no longer evolve any further. You will know it in the terms that have already been evolved, developed. So you can understand everything in terms of what you have developed right now. In the future, there might be new terms, but you don't need them in order to describe and know. So history stops and the history past the time when you know, learn to know something, when you believe that you know something, all of history after that is actually pretty meaningless. There is nothing new, nothing significant to it. And it's interesting because often we tend to lead our lives a little bit based on that. When we are little, we learn so much. We're learning a lot of the time. And then as we become older, we might become more set in our ways and in our beliefs. We might already know how the world works, what makes it work. And we have all kinds of arguments and proof for it. And we tend to recreate it even as a result of our beliefs in it. And relive the same thing over and over. It is a type of end of history. Because everything that we experience afterwards will be within that type of system. Because... That is all that can ever be for us. And so we stop learning and we live less significant lives because nothing really new can happen to us. And so the years go by quicker and quicker because there's nothing really new, nothing that's really changing significantly because we already know everything. And this idea of focusing on knowledge is very prominent in our society where we identify with that. Our identification becomes that of something fixed. I am that kind of person. I have that identity. And very often that identity becomes tied to our ability to survive. I am a shoemaker, and so 
that is my way of surviving and that is my role in society and that is my ID. That is who I am and who I identify with. And so because my survival depends on it and because that is the purpose of my life, basically, the purpose becomes that which I tend to do most of my time because that is all so tightly wound up together, I will also defend it. I will defend my ideas, my identification. And it is this more goal and purpose focused way of being, which of course we know also leads to problems, a lot of different problems. But um, an example is Whenever we focus on goals, we will tend to optimize for our goal. And when we do that, we will tend to disregard a lot of other things that actually are very significant, meaningful and important. And yet, we will create a path towards our goal and we may end up hurting others and ourselves in the process because of the optimization for one particular thing, or even a few particular things. And we see that in our society, of course, and how we are taking resources from Earth and are on our way to hurting ourselves and others, and are already hurting ourselves and others in different ways. So this idea of having a role that is tied to your purpose and your survival and defending it and focusing on knowledge, on fixed ideas, is what we see around us. Now the alternative could be to focus on meaning as we were talking about in episode 33, where meaning is something that can open up for a different type of dynamics than a goal or purpose-oriented type of life. Because meaning is always shared. I mean, if you think about it, for instance, meaning is kind of the basis that allows us to connect. We connect through meaning. In language, for instance, If you know the meaning of the words, then you can connect with another person. But if one word means one thing to me and and it means something completely different to you, well, then we cannot really connect. We have a difficulty in communicating. So language is based on meaning in that sense. But that meaning only arises when it is something that is shared. Then it is meaning. Then it is meaningful. So we don't really want to focus on being or having a role so much. And we don't really want to stimulate that in other people either. In the episode, uh, last episode, we talked about how we might actually already have an intuition of this meaning-oriented, all-win type of system, that that intuition might already be inside of us. 
and be working. It's just that we might not be paying attention to it. So let me give you an example that has to do with this idea of knowledge and of roles and of being fixated on identifying with a particular role. What does it feel like to you when someone asks you something along the lines of, oh, you who know so much about this subject, could you tell me about something else here? What does it feel like to you when someone starts out with that, with that you who are an expert and then can you tell me about whatever it is? See, for me, whenever I am in a situation when someone tells me that and starts out with that, deep inside of me, I actually have my intuition telling me that this doesn't feel good. This does not feel good as a way of interacting. Do you feel that? Can you feel that? Whenever someone starts out, it looks like they're giving you a compliment. They're saying, you are so good at something. And then maybe they ask a question. Why doesn't that feel good? I'm believing more and more in trying to use my intuition, really focus on it, and then trying to use my mind to find the reason why it actually appears. So one scenario that often happens is that the person who is giving you this compliment will want to kind of put you on a pedestal. So put you high up there and say, wow, you who, the person who is an expert and they do that this is one scenario sometimes just so that they can make you fall they say ah yes you are really good at this right <laughs> so now i'm going to give you something and i'm going to create a trap for you and i'm going to watch you fall so you shouldn't think that you are so good i will teach you that you're not and I will feel better. I will not feel as bad. So this kind of scenario actually happens a lot. It's not necessarily malicious. It's a type of defense mechanism where you try to put the other person on a pedestal and then try to tip the pedestal so that they can fall from higher up and then you feel better about it. And in both of these, for both of these persons, the person being put up on a pedestal who might identify actually as the expert or the person who is putting them on the pedestal, both of them actually identify with something, with themselves as something. And that is within this dynamics of identifying as something or someone, a particular role, identifying as someone who is an expert, someone who is good at something, or someone who is intelligent, or someone, whatever it may be. Another scenario where someone might kind of put you on a pedestal is so that they can 
stay in the role of I don't know. And when they affirm that role, well, you are so good. I mean, you know so many things. Wow, that's really great for you, but not me. I'm different. And reaffirming that role, they actually close themselves off from learning. (laughs) So they give themselves an excuse of also not learning. So again, they too here identify with, I'm not, I'm not any good at this. Oh, I don't know any math. I was never good at math in school. And so they never will be better at it. They never will learn. And they also run no risk around falling down or having someone push them down from somewhere high up because they say that they are already at the bottom. And so that feels safe. I identify as the one who doesn't know. I identify as the one who doesn't have these skills or those abilities to learn. This is just me. This is just who I am. And I feel safe in that. And that too is within this way of identifying with something fixed. Whenever you do that, then you create all of these defense mechanisms and you end up suffering a lot and having to protect yourself. And this is a warlike type of situation, a competitive situation, a situation where you fight, you defend yourself, have to know how to defend yourself. You are closed off, you are separated. You are you, you are alone. It's you against the others and you have different defense mechanisms, ones that are those of just defending yourself and staying put as the one who doesn't know and will never really know, who is not smart enough. Or you start attacking others in maybe ways of trying to make, to put them a little bit higher up than they actually even feel they are so that you can see them fall and so that that will make you feel a little bit better. And that's kind of uh, a way of attacking them. These are two reasons why whenever someone starts a conversation with me and says, oh, you are so smart or you know so much about this subject, whenever someone starts out with something like that, mm, I actually start to feel a little bit sad because I feel that, oh no, they are removing themselves from what could be a really interesting conversation between us that could grow, where we both could win, where we both could learn new things. And they're now putting me up on a pedestal and they're putting themselves somewhere else and we can no longer communicate in ways that were open to us before. And they are closing themselves off, either because they just want to protect themselves or because... They want to protect themselves and attack. So giving compliments where you affirm someone as a fixed identity actually is not all that helpful for the interaction with that person. And it's not really helpful to the other person. If they have a fixed identity, they might for a moment feel good Oh, yes, yes, I am an expert. Good, good, you can see that I'm an expert. 
that feels good. I feel better. I feel like I had more power. That's really nice. But ultimately, it's not something that is opening, that creates the best opportunity for interaction. So knowledge and focus on knowledge is focus on limits and boundaries. It's focus on where you stop thinking, where you stop learning. It is where your history ends, where past that time, nothing interesting within that area will happen in your life because you already know. And often these persons will look at learning like something they had to do in school where maybe you had to sit down and memorize all the capitals of America, North America, South America, or all of the capitals of Europe, or whatever it was, and it was dreadful, and then they were testing you on it, and you had to repeat the information, and you had no interest in it, and ah, dreadful things. So often you might identify learning with something that's really not pleasant at all and you don't want it. And so identifying as something that you already are, that you've decided that you know that you are or believe that you are, can appear as a better solution in the moment. But actually, learning can be exhilarating It can be so much fun whenever it's done in this other system, in this system where you are open, when you're not closed, when you are looking for what is in common, when you're looking for the meaning that you share, where you're looking for the common platform, and from there you start building together, and you have curiosity, and you identify as the infinite. You are the infinite potential. Who are you? You are not anything that can be fixated because that is limiting to you. That will always limit you in space and in time, in growth and in where you can go. And in your evolution, of course, growth, evolution. So identifying as the infinite potential identifying as the learner indeed and focusing on the meaning and not the goals and learning to open in your interactions can become an exhilarating life that always has new things, new ideas and your life becomes full and continues to be significant at each step. There is no end of history because all of history continues to evolve all the time for you. And so knowing who you are and identifying as that infinity can be very liberating and empowering and exhilarating. And so knowledge being the key to power may be true within our system but the system of power has a lot of problems related to it and knowledge itself 
has a lot of problems in the sense of boundaries and limitations on how beautiful our lives can be, how significant they can be. So these are just some thoughts around this old saying that I remember hearing ever since I was little, that knowledge is the key to power, and how now I feel the exact opposite, and I'm excited about exploring the exact opposite. That was it for today. I'll talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care.